Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome. This is the return of the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Previewing the Belgian Grand Prix. Entertaining a couple of days ahead. It's been a long summer. Guys, how you doing? Good. Shake and bake, baby. Yeah, I right. love it. I'm right. Not bad. So we've got plenty to discuss today. We're going to be talking about uh, the Belgian Grand Prix, our bold predictions, where we think the top three are going to land. But first, we're going to talk about a rumour, Esteban Ocon and Nico Hülkenberg. Now, of course, um, by the time this is released, it will probably be decided, as is our luck. But we're going to go ahead with the topic anyway. Um, so after a summer where Esteban Ocon has been heavily rumoured with the second Mercedes seat, it actually turns out now he's rumoured with the Renault seat in replacement of Nico Hülkenberg. Um, I'll kick off for you, Sam, on this one. First of all, do you believe this rumour? Uh, and second of all, if you do believe this rumour, do you think it's a good idea for Renault? Well, firstly, as Adele once said, rumour has it. Ooh. We love a bit of Adele and the rumour has it. Um it's a really odd one. It's I, I think it's a bit of a twist in the tail that no one expected. And my first thought when I heard it was, bloody harsh on Nico Hülkenberg. He, he's, out of all the midfield drivers, pretty much one of two or three that I would have said, not going anywhere, deserves his seat, deserves to be in a team that is building and hopefully improving over the next couple of years, at least until 2021, alongside Ricardo, who he's been pretty much equal with the whole season so far, and has been... Such a key driver for them over the last two or three years. You know, he was best for the rest last season as well. The man has got great consistency. And for a team in the midfield, that is what they need. Um, I don't really know what Ocon can bring to the table that Hulkenberg isn't bringing. Maybe there's an age difference there. Hulkenberg is getting on a little bit. They need to look towards the future. But it just seems harsh. I I believe it could happen. I'm hoping it doesn't happen. I, I don't want Ocon in that ring. I really like Hulk. I think he's doing a great job. He's got... The ability to put that car constantly kind of sixth, seventh, eighth every race if there isn't a uh, an issue with the car itself. 
and beats Ricardo regularly, to be fair. They challenge each other nicely. I think Ocon's doing the hothead. I think he could cause some trouble, and I don't really know what he's bringing to Renault. Other than being French, I know that the teams love to have a driver from their national country. Um, but no, keep Hulkenberg for me. I'm, I'm all for the Hulk. Harry, can you see this happening? And if you can, do you think it's a good idea? Uh, I can see it happening because I think Ocon was all lined up to go to Renault last uh, for this year, sorry, but then Ricardo uh, waltzed up. Um, I agree with Sam. Let it bleeding harsh on uh, Nico Hulkenberg because what's he... Honestly, what has he done wrong since he joined Renault? He's beaten, he's seen off two teammates already. And the third one, who is Daniel Ricciardo, very highly regarded in, in F1, he's keeping him very honest um, and outperforming him at some point. So, yeah, if, they, if, if that's the way it goes, I think it's a really harsh call on Hulkenberg, who I don't think he's done anything wrong since he joined Renault. And I think it'd be odd because I think Cyril, um, Squirrel, sorry, Squirrel Irritable, he... He's a big fan of Hulkenberg, so unless something's changed radically, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think it could happen because Toto's desperate to get Ocon in the car. But, uh, yeah, with Sam, it's a harsh call if it does happen. So, um, yeah, first of all, can I say this? It is so good to be back. It really is so good to be back. It is feasible. It is feasible. It's not a far-fetched idea at all. Um, and Ocon, French driver, into a French team, French engine, everything French. Uh, you got to love it. Baguettes and snails. Everything <laughs> all around. Um, <laughs> we have well, stereotype anyway. here, ladies Yeah, and no, no stereotyping at all. Um, so, yeah, I can, I can see this happening. Um, Ocon, the longer he stays out of Formula One, the more of a chance other drivers get to show their potential and what they can do. Ocon's uh, career is being hurt with every single race that he is not in a car. He can't show what he can do. Um, and I can't quite believe this because you might think that Esteban Ocon, this is going to be a good opportunity for me to knock him. I've been very critical of him in the past. Um, and everything that I have said in the past, I still believe in today. I don't think he's on the same level as Leclerc and Verstappen, and I don't think he'll ever be. But out of the three of us, I'm the one who actually thinks that this is a good idea, and I think Ocon should go to Renault and partner Daniel Ricciardo. Um, and I'm not saying it's not harsh on Nico Hülkenberg. Absolutely, it is. Nico Hülkenberg was the best of the rest last season. He's doing a fairly good job this year, only slightly behind Daniel Ricciardo. And, of course, the Renault hasn't been as good this year. Simply put, Renault were at the top of the midfield last year. This year, uh, it's a much closer thing, and they're not quite on the same level as McLaren. The thing is, at worst... I would argue Hulkenberg is marginally better than Ocon right now. Right now, I would put Hulkenberg ahead of Ocon by the tiniest of margins. But in the future, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Ocon has more potential than Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg, what you get now, he's, what, he's 32 years old, something like that. He is at the peak of his powers. He's not going to get any better. And he's a good driver. He's a solid midfield driver. But ultimately, you have to question where Renault want to go. Renault don't want to be in the midfield. Renault are spending the big bucks that, you know, F1 Racing Magazine determined that they've spent about a billion pounds all directed towards their Formula One program already. And the intention is to fight at the top and get podiums. The one thing that's always held Nika Hülkenberg back is taking that extra step, getting those podiums when they're possible. I think Ocon would be in a better position to do that than Nico. Nico's a good driver. He is a good driver. But in terms of potential, 
I think at worst, Ocon's career will be as will be on the same level as Hulkenberg. I think that's worst case scenario for Ocon. Best case scenario, he ends up being a better driver than Nico Hulkenberg, which I think will probably be the case. So as mad as it seems out of the three of us, I'm the one going for Esteban Ocon here. Yeah, that is actually really baffling. Because still out of the three of us, you are definitely the one that has been the most against Ocon and his abilities so far in F1. Um, the reason why I don't think it's going to happen, at least especially before the winter break, maybe even before uh, after that, maybe even kind of towards the uh, end of 2020, is because Hulkenberg's attitude towards this on social media has been very sarcastic, you know, a bit like, hang on a minute. I didn't have a clue that was happening. I definitely think Renault are the kind of team to sit down with Hulkenberg and go, by the way, we're going to do this. We're going to let you know. We're going to do this. We'll preempt you. And it seems odd that a team wouldn't prep its driver. Um, they've got respect for each other. Hulkenberg's never done anything wrong in terms of the Renault relationship. They very much get along. So the way Hulk's reacting online, it's a bit like, what are you all on about? This is a bit funny. This is going to be interesting to talk about. I think it's someone pushing a rumour. Um, I don't see it happening until maybe the end of next season. They did dump signs pretty unceremoniously last year, though, to be fair. I don't know if signs saw or perhaps much um, warning about Ricardo, as did nobody else in, in the entire F1 paddock. But um, they got a tiny bit of form there. But I agree. I don't think... Hulkenberg has been a loyal Renault driver for... This is year three. I don't think they'd do that to him. I don't... Oh, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's harsh. I think it's bloody harsh. And I, I get what Ben's saying about they've got to look to the future. Um, I also think would Toto let Ocon go? Because I'm sure he'd have to come out of his Mercedes contract. And does that mean that Toto doesn't want Ocon in Mercedes one day? I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Ocon can't wait forever, I guess. And with George Russell actually in a seat and being able to show what he can do, that puts Russell in a better position than Ocon going forward. And you know, if, if Russell was going to be the next guy into that Mercedes seat, where does that leave Ocon? I, I do believe the only way that this kind of move would get done is if Ocon did leave the Mercedes programme. I don't think they would loan him out to Renault. I don't see any sense in that. Um, just bringing on the point, Sam, about um, Hulkenberg's reaction to this being a bit sarcastic. You know, we saw his Instagram post. We've had the rumour that Ocon might go to Renault. But it's kind of been assumed that it would be in place of Nico Hulkenberg when no one's really thought, hang on, Daniel Ricciardo's at a team where he would have been expected to be a lot higher than where he is. Is it ridiculous to assume that maybe it's not Nico Hulkenberg that would be replaced? I mean, Red Bull have made an absolute mare of their young driver programme. And it's safe to assume that he's going to go back to Red Bull if he were to leave Renault. Uh, the only other option I could think of that he would get a shot at is taking Vettel's seat of Ferrari. And I think Vettel sticks around until the start of 2021. So that man has all the power in that car. He chooses if he stays or goes. I don't think he leaves anytime soon. Ferrari's his dream. So Ricardo won't go to Ferrari, in my opinion. They put Albon back in that seat. They've got so many young drivers queuing at the, go- at the door to get back in that seat as well, into Toro Rosso and into Red Bull. I don't see why he would leave ceremoniously. You know, he would leave with mutual respect, Big hoo-ha about it, you know, and then go half a season later, ah, I'm bailing out of it. I think it makes Ricardo look a bit of a coward, a bit of a sore loser, a bit of a, I'm not going to stick around to put the effort in to make a team 
good around me. So I think if it is Fremont against Hulkenberg, I just don't think it's going to happen. And I think you're right in terms of saying that Ocon has to break his contract for Sagan if he is to go into that team. Because if this was football and you have a single striker up front, Hamilton's your league man. He's the guy you start every single match. And then you've got Bottas, who's your super sub, who comes on in the last 10 minutes and knocks in those extra little points to get you across the line nicely. Russell's your third place man. You put him in the cups. He's, got, you know, he's your youth. He's, he's coming. Ocon's the man that you, you, you send out if you want to put some more budget. Ocon is useless in that team. And I think they've got younger drivers who are going to come up through the ranks and have a better place in the lineup than Ocon is. So Ocon is to get out while he can. And Renault appears to be an option, which surprises me. I would have thought it would be more a Haas, maybe Kimi's seat when Kimi leaves, maybe next year. Um, but regardless of where he goes, unless it is all the way back down to Williams, I think it's uh, contract over for him and Mercedes. Hear me out. Ocon goes to Renault instead of Ricardo. Ricardo goes to Ferrari for Vettel. And Vettel goes back to Red Bull. I think I saw that theory on Twitter yesterday. Um, I can't remember who it's from. So apologies to whoever that's from, but I did see yeah. that on Twitter yesterday. I love it, though. I'm all for that, <laughs> that 2020 lineup. Absolutely. That would be Moy Caliente, as Sam would almost definitely say. Moy Caliente! Thank you for that. Um, moving on to the Spanish Grand Prix returning. Um, so it looks as if maybe there will be 22 Grand Prix next year. Not sure on where the German Grand Prix lies at the moment, but at least for the Spanish Grand Prix, there was a lot of doubt as to whether it would return. It has. Um, Harry, how do, have you reacted to this news? Yay. <laughs> um, let me just get my party popper. Boop. Yay. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, fine, whatever. Spain's staying. Um, we touched on this earlier on in the year when it was we thought Zanfort was being its replacement, and we were like, great, we've got a track where it's hard to overtake to... It's hard to overtake, and we're going to another track where it's hard to overtake. But now we've got two tracks where it's hard to overtake, so that's fantastic. Um, yeah, whatever. Spain's not delivered a fantastic race for a few years. I get there's a lot of support for Juanel Carlos Sainz Jr., but um, I can't be enthusiastic about this decision. But you know what? Whatever. We, we'll go to Spain again for sure. Fine. Sam. Well, in the words of the track, it's not the Spanish Grand Prix, but the Catalonian Grand Prix, which, I mean, is enough to stir up some real controversy. In the press release, they said, in the country of Catalonia, we will be returning for this classic track, uh, which is a little bit of spicy meat de boiler. Wrong country, that's Italy. Um, Boy Caliente <laughs> actually is correct in this, in this sense. I dislike the Spanish Grand Prix. I'm going to be professional about it. The most exciting thing that's happened in Spain, pretty much in the last... 10 years uh, is Hamilton Rosberg colliding on the first lap. That was thrilling, but that could have happened at any lap, uh, any track. That doesn't just have to happen at Spain. We don't get good racing in Spain. It's processional, it's dull. Hamilton has won multiple times by large gaps. Go somewhere else. There are way more fun tracks available. Portugal's got some great tracks, you know. You've got, uh, is it Tondeo or whatever it's called? Uh, Jerez is there as well. Um, there are some really, in that area of the world, the Iberian Peninsula, there are some fantastic tracks. And getting away from Catalonia, 
Or even go back into Europe. You know, the Nürburgring is available. That's great. Imola is available. Go there. That's fantastic. You know, Magni Core, that was a good track as well. That was good fun. Give that another whirl. I, I just, I don't want Spain back. I love that there's 22 Grand Prix, though. Don't get me wrong. That is fantastic. More racing, the better. We can talk about everything all day, all night. 22 Grand Prix, brilliant. Just not the Spanish one, please. Circuit de Catalunya is a fantastic circuit for testing. And that's it. It is a great test track. It's got everything you need in a test track, but it's not a Grand Prix circuit. And it, it's ironic that it has been for so long now. It's, well, it's nearly 20 years it's been on the calendar. And I have to ask, how many good Grand Prix, sorry, it's 30 years. How many good Grand Prix have there been? Really? How, how many Spanish Grand Prix can you sit back and say, yeah, that was a classic? The, only, really. one, the only one I can think of that really stands out is Maldonado winning. I mean, and, and no, that, that wasn't a fantastic. Kind uh, of it wasn't even particularly incredible as a race. It just had a great ending. Yeah, and I, I think you know the, the bog standard Spanish Grand Prix is that either pole position wins or second place wins, and you don't get a lot of overtaking. And it's not even the lack of overtaking that annoys me with the circuit. It's the lack of character. There's just nothing to it. There's no, there's no atmosphere. There's nothing. There's nothing that makes the nothing that makes the circuit pop out to you. There's there's nothing that makes you get off your seat and go, wow. It, it's just it's a test track. It is a test track, plain and simple. Um, I really hope that it isn't on the calendar in expense of the German Grand Prix because uh, I I love Hockenheim always have. Um, even though it does get occasional complaints about its new version rather than the old version. But, you know, the, the new version is here to stay and it has been for nearly 20 years now. Get over it, people who can't deal with it. Um, <laughs> sassy, sassy Ben. You, you tell him, Ben. It's been that way for a long time now. But, yeah, I I, I don't know. It's, it's not a circuit that I've ever been a big fan of, um, but... More Grand Prix. That's the that's the good takeaway, Sam. Focus on the positives. If there's going to be an extra Grand Prix on the calendar, people say that there's too many Grand Prix on the calendar. To that, I say no. Yes, poddle toss to that. You know where we should go? Yeon Nam. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. always stick up for yeah. South Korea. I love South Korea. They get such a bad rep, the South Koreans. I mean, they don't. The track does. Okay, fine. But they get a bad rep for their, for their track. I'd rather go somewhere like Fuji or something like that. You know, that's a fantastic track. That's open to so many sports. There's so many tracks around the world that are more than capable of holding F1 races. They just are not thought about at all. The fact we're building a whole new track in Vietnam is incredible. But at the same time, there are so many tracks we don't use that are brilliant. And Catalonia is still one that comes back over and over again. But you're right. Don't get rid of Hockenheim. Old version, new version. I love both of them. They're fantastic. And the last two years at Hockenheim have been astoundingly good Grand Prix. So please don't let it go anywhere. If LB gets a lot of money for some reason, I'll happily contribute to keeping it on the calendar. What about Snetterton? Shut up. What about Alton Towers? <laughs> no. <laughs> the infamous Alton, Alton Towers uh, circuit. Yeah, definitely not Alton Park. I think Snetterton would be great for F1. That that hit that bank on the last corner would destroy F1 cars. Called Snet. Called Snet that no one calls it. Up there, up there in Monza and Spa. 
We love the old tutton. I'm classics. <laughs> oh, right. Moving on. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah, move us on, Ben. So looking ahead to the Belgian Grand Prix coming up this weekend, finally four weeks of no F1 action. It's been long, it's been hard, but we have got through it. Can Ferrari break their duck? I don't think many people would have expected at this point in the season, we would be looking at Ferrari and saying they have zero victories to their name. Um, but of course, their one advantage this year has been their straight line speed. Spa-Francorchamps, obviously, a circuit that really benefits those who have great top speed. Sam, Leclerc, Vettel, do you think one of them can break the Ferrari duck? Nine, yet no, not a chance. Um, yes, Spa-Francorchamps has some incredible high-speed areas, but it also has such a high intensity of fast turning corners. And that is where Ferrari are the absolute weakest at the top three. They, the difference, I mean, funny enough, you go back to Spain, the, the, the pace that Mercedes makes up around fast corners over a, uh, a Ferrari is ridiculous. Several tenths get made up going through those corners. Mercedes have got a fast engine. Red Bull's Honda isn't too far off that either. They're not gaining as much as they need to down two large straights. And I think the, uh, you know, no game, which is now X, uh, Puyon, uh, where you go through Blanchemont, you've got to carry so much speed. Um, you know, Le Calm. These are all corners that rapidly need you to be able to deliver such high speed while moving the car around the corner, which Mercedes are impeccably good at. And Red Bull has got such a great chassis. I just don't think it's going to be enough to overturn it. And I think that Ferrari are going to be lucky if they get a podium. Something bad will happen to one of the other top four that aren't the Ferraris for them to really get a chance of being on that top three spot, I think. Harry, any chance for Ferrari? Uh, I think I'm slightly disagree. I think there is definitely a chance for Feza. We saw Vettel won it last year, and I know the car's not as good this year, but the straight line speed is going to help. I think the next two races, and Monza particularly, are perhaps their last chances realistically of winning some races this year. Um, yeah, you got to think that they'll do they'll go well at the next two rounds. That they they've got to be expecting to. Because um, even though Vettel didn't qualify in pole last year, he did Hamilton up to up to um, Lake Combe on the first lap, and then sort of Hamilton can never get back. So if we get into a situation like that, it doesn't matter if Hamilton's quicker through the corners. Once they get on that straight, then it, it doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I think they can. I think it's going to be difficult. And if they do have the pace, they're going to be hounded all the way by Mercedes and even Red Bull, I think. Um, even though they've not quite got the straight line speed, I think Red Bull will still be in the hunt, especially with Max, Maxi Verstappen. So um, it's doable, but it's not going to be easy. Um, yeah, I'm with you, Harry, actually. Um, I think Ferrari do have a good chance of breaking their duck. Um, the Ferrari has definitely has chassis difficulties, um, but I think they will be eradicated enough thanks to the straight line speed at this Grand Prix. I don't think it will happen at most Grand Prix. Um, there's a reason that they haven't won any Grand Prix so far this year. Okay, they've had some bad luck at a few few tracks, but at least in terms of circuits where top speed doesn't matter too much, Mercedes and Red Bull on some have, have just been too good for them. But here, you've got the long Kemmel straight, you've got the long back straight, um, and even though maybe they will lose a little bit of time to Mercedes in those high-speed corners such as Ix and Puyon, um, I think they'll make up enough on the um, 
on the straights to to account for that. And um, yeah, I think you've got a, a great lineup in terms of Vettel. Unbelievably, this was the last place that he won. Um, I don't think many people would have expected that at this point last year, but we know that Vettel can get it done at Spa. And Leclerc's a winner at Spa too. He, he won there in um, in Euro F3 and in GP3 as well. So uh, he's got he's got history there too. I, I think there's every chance that the Ferraris will be able to claim a pole position this weekend and then go and uh, convert it into a race win. It's about time from their perspective. It's going to counter my own point in a second. We saw last year at Monza, the Ferrari were quicker, but the pressure from Hamilton and I think also the pressure from the Tafosi saw them crumble. So I think that's something to bear in mind. They might be quicker at Monza, but this could be an easier race in that respect to win. There's less pressure from outside, so to speak. Well, speaking of that Monza Grand Prix and speaking of Lewis Hamilton at that Monza Grand Prix, he displayed such brilliance in that race. It was incredible to see how well he hounded Kimi Raikkonen. One thing that's very interesting about Lewis Hamilton after the summer break is we know that he takes a little while to roll into his form. And I mean, this season, clearly he didn't need it. But the last two seasons, I believe the first five races after the summer break, both the 2017 and the 2018 season, he's basically one, 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 one second. And then last year, I think it was second, one, 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 one. So considering that I think out of what, 200 points, he has managed to only drop 14 of them. I, I just can't see him being... I mean, even in 2017, which was at Spa, where the safety car came out and he deployed that fantastic strategic move going up over Rouge and over Radion, where he just lifting off that meant that Vettel couldn't take the slipstream all the way down the Kemmel straight. I, I think Hamilton's got the wits about him. I think Al Bottas is better this year. I think those two can work together. I wonder if we'll see them slipstreaming each other through qualifying laps to make up the difference in straight line speed. I, I don't think that Ferrari are going to be in a match Remains to be seen. Um, looking at Red Bull, kind of focused on Ferrari and Mercedes a bit, but do we think that Red Bull are going to be in contention? They've picked up a couple of wins thanks to Max Verstappen uh, towards the end of the first half of the season. Uh, and they're going to have Alexander Albon in their car now instead of Pierre Gasly. Harry, how do you think Albon is going to fare in his first outing? Um, oh, it's a tricky one. We've spoken about this already, but... I think he just needs to... What, what, how, where do we measure him? Do we measure him against what Gasly was doing or do we measure him against Verstappen? I mean, if they're going to measure him against what Max Verstappen is doing, that's really not fair on Albon, a man who's been in F1 for the grand total of about 11 races. Um, he's going to... Best of the rest... Uh, I say best of the rest. Best of... Um, well, sorry, last of Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull. If he's, if he's in the sixth place and within a decent position with uh, to the car in front, then I think that's what he can hope for. But um, it's going to be a steep learning curve for, for the lad. Don't envy his challenge this weekend. But, um, yeah, he should go right. It's going to be interesting to see what Gasly can do in the Toro Rosso as well. And if Gasly ends up beating Albon in the Toro Rosso for whatever reason, that will be just great banter. <laughs> that will be very interesting indeed. I don't know what we'll be doing with that situation. Um, Sam, what do you think of Verstappen's chances coming into the weekend? And do you think Albon can be anywhere near him? I think Verstappen has got a good chance going into any race weekend at the moment. He is stepping into the form of his life. And I hope we see him carry this for the next, you know, 10 years of his career. And if so, Lewis Hamilton, watch out, mate, because there could be every chance that that record you might be setting very soon in the future could immediately be smashed by the next generation. Um, 
I, I generally think that he could easily stick it on the podium if not challenge for the win, if things go his, the right way. A little, little bit of luck always helps. Maybe a safety car to bring him back into it due to the straight line speed. I think we measure Albon on the same way we measure Gasly. So you don't compare him to Verstappen. He doesn't need to beat Verstappen. But I think if he finishes you know, within, within 10 seconds of Verstappen in the race, within two positions, so if Verstappen is third, Albon comes fifth, and you know, there's, there's only one car between them a few seconds apart, that, to me, is a really good start to the race. Albon, I think, on social media said that for his first race, he wants to listen, he wants to observe, and he wants to grow. Uh, I think that's exactly what he needs to do. No one is expecting him to conquer the world day one in that Red Bull car. He's a newbie, as Harry said. He's only in his first half of the season of Formula 1, which is incredible. He just needs to be pressure off, given the chance to run with the Bulls and um, have a good time. And I think he's really got the ability to do well. He's so level-headed. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him uh, fighting out with the Ferraris and actually uh, pushing for Stafford a little bit more. Well, I think a lot more than Gasly, but um, quite a bit more than we expect. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what Albon delivers, really. Um, honestly, I, I think if he qualifies sixth place, finishes sixth place, not really anywhere near the top five, I think that's a fine weekend. I don't have any problem if that happens because there are many weekends where Gasly didn't do that. There are countless examples where you can where you can point out that Gasly did not qualify in the top six, and Gasly was not in the top six at the end of the race. So if you look back to his home Grand Prix of France as just one example, he he wasn't anywhere near the top guys in that race. And in fact, there was this massive uh, four car battle over a midfield position that he wasn't involved with because he was behind them all. So Gasly had a lot of difficult races. Um, and I think it would be unfair on Albon to believe that he will straight away be right there with Verstappen. If he is, that's incredible. But I think, honestly, sixth place, maybe even maybe even if he qualifies one or two places lower than that, I don't think it's an awful first weekend. Um, he's been thrown into this situation. Um, and I'm sure he's not complaining. He has been given a seat where he is able to fight for podiums and wins a year after he was told there was no way he was going to be in the Toro Rosso for this season. So the way his career has gone over the last 12 months, I don't think you'll have any complaints, but um, he has walked into a difficult situation. So race one, like you said, Sam, his intention is to grow, is to learn, is to observe. Um, I think that's a very smart way of thinking and the best way possible to approach this weekend. And um, I wish him the best of luck because I think he's a top guy. Um, I really like his approach to racing. Um, I think he's a very humble guy. So I wish him all the best. That's nice. Nice sentiment. And I'm sure he's listening as well. So good luck, mm-hmm. Alex. Good luck, Alex, on your first day of school kind of thing. <laughs> he looks like he's at school as well. No. Um, so moving on to some bold predictions. How hairless are we going to get this time out? Harry, what's your bold prediction? My bold prediction is that um, I haven't thought one. <laughs> oh, that's not Harry. very bold at all. That's just expected. It comes out every single race we game. No first lap pilot, but then we don't always have one of those. I was just thinking about last year. Come back to me. I'll think of a good one. Sam, have you actually done any thinking? I, unlike Harry, do use my brain rarely, but sometimes. I decided to jump from the top of my house into a pool of warm wax for this bold prediction, and I'm waiting for the strips to be removed from thy body. I think that Alex Albon will beat Max Verstappen 
on track without Ooh. issue. Jeez. Someone call the fire brigade. Yeah. That is a bold prediction. They burn. They burn, folks. I, I reckon in a straight fight, Alex comes out on top this weekend. Wow. Um, I did not expect a prediction to be quite that bold. That's that's going to make mine seem a little bit tame. Um, my bold prediction, I still think it's fairly bold. I think Mercedes are going to be the third fastest car in qualifying. So you think they'll be fifth and sixth? Bad. I think they will be... <laughs> I think they will be fourth and fifth because I think they'll out-qualify Albon. But I think in terms of pace, it will be the Mercedes. I, I think the Red Bull will be quicker in qualifying and the Ferrari will be quicker in qualifying. Wow. I mean, for a Saturday, that is mad. Considering the amount of front-row starts that Mercedes have had this year alone, let alone, of course, they across their entire time in Formula 1 where they are the most team, the team with the most front-row starts now, that is, that is yeah, a pretty bold prediction, Ben. Yeah, I, I'm going to go for it. Um I, th- I think they might they might struggle a little bit compared to usual. They they love slow speed corners. There aren't too many of them here, so yeah. I'm go with that. I, I can see your brain really ticking away. I, I got one. Go uh, on. uh, mine is that Sergio Perez in the fourth uh, in the racing point <laughs> in the fourth no <laughs> Sergio Perez in the racing point will finish uh, on the podium. Whoa! Whoa! Well, it's, he's got good form of this track, and as does the team, as previously in Force India. And last year they were at the front of the grid, basically. And earlier on, I was randomly watching the 2015 uh, Belgian Grand Prix, like you do, and he was—he almost took—I didn't really remember this, but he almost does Hamilton on lap one up to Lecum. He was he in P two, and I was I, like. They were either side of the Ferrari and the Mercedes, both both racing points. Yeah, that was, wow. that was last year, and then again in fifteen. So yeah, they've got and they, you know, they almost won the race in 09. So anyway, yeah, Perez in the Force India, which go always goes very well. God damn it, in the race, <laughs> which always goes well here. Um, it'll be in, in P3, I reckon. I mean, we've had four weeks off. We've come back with a bang. We really have. Good, good job, us. Um, Sam, pole one, two, three. So I think that uh, Luis Amardang will continue the reign of pole sitting and then he will continue to win the race. I believe that that fantastic start will continue into the second half of the season. The man is going to take the championship and I reckon it could be done in this race by America. Um, so he will win. Valdry Bottas will come in second place and Alexander Albon will be in third. Hang on, this isn't a bold prediction still. <laughs> yeah, I thought it is. Um, for me, Paul will be Mr. Mr. Hamilton. He'll be on pole again. Uh, but the win will go to Sebi Vett. Hamilton will come P2, and and obviously Sergio Perez will be in P3 because that's going to happen. Love that podium. Absolutely love Sergio making an appearance. Um, I like I've said, I like Ferrari's chances, and I'm going to f- pull through with that in my predictions here. Pole. Charles Leclerc, I think he'll get pole. And I think it will happen. I think Leclerc will claim his first ever Grand Prix victory this weekend um, with his teammate Sebastian Vettel, P2, and Lewis Hamilton in P3. The the fight is still on, Charles. You can still win this championship. (laughs) Yes, we should remind everyone that Sam did predict Leclerc would win the championship this year. I meant 2020. Ah, not the year wrong. (laughs) No, I was very wrong, and I still will be wrong. Um... 
that's fun. That we've all got for something very different. That's enjoyable. Yeah, I, I feel like I was going to say one of us will be right and then realise that doesn't usually happen. We'll probably all be wrong, but... Yeah. Well, I actually, Ben, I think you've, you're usually very good at this calculated thinking. Harry and I get a little carried away and a bit silly, but I reckon you, you make very calculated, well-thought-out points, so uh, there's every chance that yours could come true. Although if it is wrong, I will take a very smug face to this camera next week. I thought you were going to put something out again that you d- eat something out of your slipper. No, that will happen very soon. I just need to find the right kind of dinner to eat, put in a slipper, folks. It is going to happen. What do you think the, the best di- like food is to go in a slipper? Like spaghetti meatballs? That's quite messy for a slipper. That's very messy. Yeah, I mean, I could put a pizza slice in there and just have the crust sticking out. That's pointless. <laughs> Broth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have a tomato soup in my slipper, please. Oh, dear. Well, oh my god, if you like chewy. I'll dip my other slipper in as a bread loaf and just suck it off the end. Well, from chewy to shoomy, Mick Schumacher in Formula 2 this season, there are conversations that he might get into Formula 1 either next year, maybe the year after, who knows at this point. Sam, do you believe that Mick Schumacher should be in a Formula 1 seat in 2020? Yes, 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 yes. Um, if you go back to our crazy driver lineups for 2020, I put Mick Schumacher in to the Alfa Romeo team. Um, I think he's got all the connections. I think he's got the name. I think he's got the press around him. He's got um, many ex-Ferrari members who are still highly connected to the team with the Tifosi, supporting him, pulling him through his career. He's finding his form now as well in F2. I generally think that they're going to want the name for the sponsorship, for the press, for the showmanship. Given that season, a really good second half of this season. Otherwise, he gets booted out for a season. Or they go, you know what, Kimmy? We love you, but you've had your time. See you later, mate. Mick Schumacher's coming in the game. I, I, I would love to see him in the sport. I would love to see a Schumacher backing. I know that both of you are going to disagree with me, and both of you are going to say he needs another series. And I totally understand where you're coming from. But I am an optimist. I love the idea of it. I would love to see him in, in Alpha, in Haas. I'd love to see him at the back of the grid struggling, but proving himself like Russell's doing. I would love to see it. As a big Schumacher fan, as a boyhood hero of mine, it would be incredible to see. Harry, we all know you're a massive Schumacher senior fan. Schumacher junior in a seat next year? Uh, No, I would love to see it. And I'm I'm all aboard. And if it did happen, I'd be the first one there to be like, hell yeah. But deep down, I know it'd be too soon. Um, Look, he had his first win in F2 finally in Hungary. It was a good way to go into the summer break. And we saw... He took a bit of time to get used to things in F3. Maybe he's adjusted a bit quicker. We'll see how the rest of the season goes for him in F2. Um, but yeah, gut instinct would be that he needs to build on it and have another year. And then I definitely could see him being in that car for 2021 when Kimmy hangs up his thick finish, fully socks on a peg. Yeah, so not next year, but I wouldn't be adverse to seeing it even though I know that's probably wrong. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, Sam, you've called this 100% correct in that I am going to disagree with that. And I'm going to say that Schumacher is another season, if at all, that should be waited. Um, I just think if his surname was anything other than Schumacher, this wouldn't even be a debate. And I think 
he is helped a lot by his name in this respect. And he's got talent, don't get me wrong. And I think there is every chance that he does end up in Alfa Romeo in 2021, uh, maybe somewhere else. Maybe he does eventually end up driving for Ferrari. He's got the talent. Um, but we have seen on a number of occasions where he just isn't really there yet. He's not in the top 10 in Formula 2 at the moment. He did claim his first win of the season uh, in the sprint race in Hungary, perhaps helped a little bit by the circuit. He was chased all the way um, and obviously a difficult circuit to overtake, but not taking anything away from Schumacher. Was, you know, he got his first win. He didn't get a win in his first season in Euro F3, so he's ahead of the curve in that respect. Um, I just think he, he needs a, he needs another year in there. There are rookies that are outperforming him this year. Um, you've got Antoine Hubert. He's ahead of him. Guan Yu Zhu, he's ahead of him too. Um, so, and we saw it with Euro, F, Euro F3. He had a very meh first season. It was, was okay. He didn't really produce any astonishing results um, until the end of the year when he just exploded. It came out of nowhere. Um, and then it came into this year. Uh, sorry, came into last year. And then, you know, he, um, he, he comes into Formula 2, started out a bit eh, again. Um, and then it might just be a case of the same thing, maybe towards the end of this season, maybe at some point next season, I think it will just click and he'll he'll go off again and, and claim a number of wins in a row or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I would love to see a Schumacher in Formula One, don't get me wrong. I, it, it would be, for nostalgic reasons, fantastic. Um, but I think it would be perhaps cruelest on Mick Schumacher if he was to go into the seat next year because the pressure, the pressure he's under already, and he's not even in F1, the pressure he'd be under next year when he wasn't quite ready for it, that could spell complete disaster. Um, I'm going to throw something out there. <clears throat> we knew with Max Verstappen, we knew with Lewis Hamilton, we knew with Charles Leclerc, when they were racing in F2, Landon Norris is another one, George Russell, you look at their, their junior careers and you think, world champion. At one point or another, realistically, you're going to have a shot at a world championship. Is Mick Schumacher good enough to ever really fight for a championship? I love the idea of him being in the Ferrari. I don't know if he'd ever be good enough for Syria to be the first driver of a front team and really challenge for a
Social Podcast Network.